Welcome to the Bless the City Church podcast. This week's message is from Pastor Jeremy Schwader. Good morning. Feels like forever and a day that I got to preach up here, so I'm really excited to get to preach. Alondra, we love you. I was going to say that. And uh, I hope you know that you're going to be missed and loved and appreciated. And my daughter is going to miss her like her best buddy. Like she always talks about Abby. And she's like, where's Abby? I love Abby. We were in the car one day and we said, hey, um, Isabella, do you love Abby? And she was sitting in her little car seat and she goes, I love Abby and Abby loves me. So it was like super cute. <laughs> and by the way, if you're wondering what this, this scrape is on my forehead, this is from my daughter. Um, she was climbing over my face and like her claw marks went right over my face. So thank you, Isabella. I love you too. Oh, man. We're learning all sorts of things about having kids. Title of this message today is, It's All About the Heart. And what I feel like we're going to step into a little bit in the next several weeks is a spirit of generosity. And how generosity shifts us, shifts everyone around us, shifts our city. And uh, Jesus said in John 4, this is a pillar verse for us in this house. Jesus said, anyone who drinks this water, that is Christ, will soon, or not, not this water, this water, any water in the world, will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It, became, it will become a fresh, bubbling spring within them, guiding them to eternal life. Last week, we had a couple here, Melissa and Andrew. Anyone here heard them preach? Good stuff. Um, and during, during worship, Melissa actually had a picture of Blessed City. And if you've heard, been around Blessed City for any amount of time, you keep hearing about this fountain bridge arrow thing, right? That we're called to be a place of God's presence, overflowing with God's presence. Melissa and Andrew don't know that. Melissa, during worship, she's like, yeah, I was, as everyone was worshiping, I saw like all these little streams coming out of Blessed City and going into the city. I'm like, come on, that's pretty cool. This is a place that's called to be overflow, and guess the overflow comes out of? It comes out of you. It comes out of me. It comes out of our intentional action to live pouring out. With the expectation and knowledge that God doesn't leave you hanging when you pour out, but he then fills your heart. In Israel, there's two bodies of water. There's the Dead Sea, and there's the Sea of Galilee. Both of them receive water from the same river, the Jordan River. Sea of Galilee is filled with all sorts of life, birds and fish and vegetation and all that. The Dead Sea is known for salt. In fact, if you go in it, you'll sit and you'll just float, float on the water. There is no life in that at all. What's the difference between the Dead Sea? There's some bacteria that's alive. That's about it. Um, the Dead Sea... And the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee has an outlet. The Sea of the Dead Sea has no outlet. Water comes in, but nothing comes out. Folks, I think a lot of us in this world can be a lot like that. Stuff comes in, but where is the outflow? Where is it where God has given to you and blessed you that there is a pouring out from your life? Then what happens when we don't have a life where we're pouring out, we get stale, stagnant. God's word comes a little bit dry, tired. 
And I found when one of the best things I can do when I start, when, if I'm in a frustrated, heavy place, one of the best things I can ever do is turn and bless somebody with what God's given me. Life flows in when we do that. All right. Go to Matthew 7, verse 1. The title of the sermon is, It's All About the Heart, Living a Life of Overflow. And let's pray. Spirit of God, we don't really need to hear from Jeremy Schwader today. We need to hear from you. We just simply say, God, this place is your place. This time is your time. God, we thank you that our hearts are open. Our ears are open. I pray, God, every heart to receive everything that you have for them today. We say you are welcome, Holy Spirit, in this life, in this space. God, can we just say that? You are welcome. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to speak to me, to change me, to work in me. And we just say, speak, God. Your servants are listening. Our ears are open. Our hearts are open. I pray every distraction stilled and let the word of God touch us right in the heart. Everyone said? All right. Can you read this one with me? Judge not, here, read that together. Judge not that you will not be judged. Verse 2. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured against you. I'm going to say a statement, and then it won't make any sense, but it'll make sense in a bit. This verse says nothing about money, okay? Next one, let's go to Luke 6, verse 37. Let's read it again. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Next verse. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. What are these two verses talking about? Judging condemning. With the measure you use, it'll be used back to you. A lot of times we use these verses to talk about money. It happens in church all the time. Well, if you give this $50 bill, God's going to give you $300 back. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> which, is, which is fun. But the passage is not talking about cash. It's actually talking about a much bigger principle. It's talking about a principle that what I give away will come back in greater measure. If I give away complaining, what am I going to get? If I give away fear, what am I going to get? If I give away serving and loving others, what am I going to get? For with the measure I give, good measure, be pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, you can't talk about giving and not talk about money. And the reason why you can't do that is because our hearts are so connected to our wallet. For what does it say in the Bible? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if you're starting to get a little bit stressed out because I said the word money, probably God wants to have a conversation with you about it. And a lot of it has to do with just our trust and our release. Because remember the whole Dead Sea and Sea of Galilee? If God can't touch my wallet, 
he's going to have a hard time touching every other part of my life. But God wants to have us be a conduit. I think sometimes we can see ourselves as like, oh, God, would you bless me? When God's like, you're not just meant to be like this container where I give you a bunch of stuff. You're meant to be a hose that I pour things to, into you and through you. Whether that's finances, whether that he encourages through a word, whether that's he gives you strength that you can serve. We were made to not just receive, but to give. We're not, I, you ever heard the phrase, give to get? We're not called to give to get. We're called to give to give. And Jesus even said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says this. Don't lay up for yourself treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you had a hundred bucks today and you've never done the stock market and you decided to invest a hundred dollars in Twitter because Elon Musk bought it, something tells me tomorrow you're going to be checking online to see how Twitter's doing. But whereas before, you probably didn't care. What's the difference? You invested your treasure in something. Wherever you invest, you're going to pay more attention to what you invested in. Where is your treasure invested in? Sometimes my treasure is invested in a good cup of coffee in the morning because I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah, can I get an amen from the Pacific Northwest, right? Sometimes our treasure can be invested in media because we want to feel encouraged in where we are. Our treasure can be invested in our family, our friends, our, our uh, vacations. Your heart grows towards whatever you invest in. Think about it. What are you investing in? Your time, your resources, your treasure. What, what are you fostering? What are you pouring out? Could it be that your heart, you're like, man, I wish I was more passionate towards God. Could it be that if you would invest your heart, your heart would grow for the things of God? Sometimes you got to take your cold, tired heart and say, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to give to God. I'm just in. And watch as God changes you. Someone might ask the question, is God after my money? The answer is yes. Why is that? Because your heart's attached to your money. He actually doesn't care about your money. He cares about your heart. He cares about what we invest in, how we spend our energy, and how we, how we give out. If you've got a Bible, go to now Deuteronomy 15, verse 7 and 8. What I was feeling on my heart for this, our service this morning, our hearts, is that God wants our hearts to be fully alive to his purposes, fully alive to what he has for us. And a big part of that is the part of us having an outflow of giving. Now, I'm not giving this message this morning because, like, bless the city is hurting for cash and we're afraid we're going to close the doors. And so, please, everybody, give us $20,000 today. That is not what I'm doing. In fact, we're going to have a few services in the next couple of weeks where we're actually just going to give away the offering in the month of November to different ministries. Um, to, to say that, simply say this, look, we're not looking for the cash. We're looking for our hearts fully on fire for what God has. So Deuteronomy 15 verse 7 says this. 
If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of your gates in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart. Can we, do we have that slide up there, Isley? Nor shut your hand from the poor, your poor brethren, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend to him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. If there's a poor person among you, what does it say? Don't harden your heart. You ever been in the line at Safeway and they say, would you like to give an extra dollar or round up to the poor child's fund? What's your heart reaction when that happens? Is my heart like, yeah, or is my heart like, they just want my money again? Do not harden your heart when you see a need. When you see the guy on the street corner, do you harden your heart or do you open your heart towards that person? First thing that giving does is this, and this one's good for all of us. It deals with a selfish heart. Deuteronomy 59 says this. It says, Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cries out against the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. In Israel, when they wrote this, there was this economic system set up that I think would be really cool, and we should get it back. It was called the year of Jubilee. Every seven years, all debts were canceled. Anybody like that idea? So you would give, for you would work for, you might get a loan the third year or whatever, and then at seventh year, boom, it was all recalled. Everyone was debt-free. So this passage is saying, look, your friend comes to you four months before the year of Jubilee and says, hey, I, man, could I? I the crops kind of fell. Things were kind of hard. Can I have some money? Can I have $2,000? Don't let there be an evil thought in your heart saying, oh, he's probably not going to pay me back in four months a year Jubilee is, and I'm going to be out $2,000. Don't have an evil heart in you that closes your heart saying, I'm just not going to get paid back. I'm not going to receive. Don't have a selfish heart. You see, God is after my heart. God's after your heart. And what's crazy in this is notice that God calls selfishness wickedness. Uh Uh-oh. God was challenging them not to resist giving because they may not get their money back. God was tapping on their hearts saying, don't be stingy. Be like me. For after all, what happened? God so loved the world that he, yeah. And did God lose out because he gave? Was God lacking because he gave? Mm -mm. I remember this one time I was at Winco. This is like, 10 years ago, and there was this gal in front of me had like a whole bunch of groceries. She was trying to buy groceries, and she, she swept her, her um, food stamps card, and she didn't have enough money on it. And she's standing there, and there's this big line be- behind her. I'm like right behind her, and she's there. And before I thought about anything, I was like, oh, hey, I'll pay for it. I walked over, paid for her bill. It was like, you know, whatever, 100 bucks or whatever. And she was like super shocked that I, that I paid for her bill. And you know what I received? I didn't get my money back, but God blessed my heart. I felt so encouraged and blessed that I could help her. And the money, God will never leave you lacking. God will always provide. 
all the time. I always tell the story about how when I was a little kid, my parents, we didn't have enough money for food. We prayed, and the big bag of hash browns showed up on our doorstep, like a 20-pound bag of hash browns. And we ate hash browns, and we ate hash browns, and we ate hash browns with ketchup and salt and ketchup and whatever. More hash browns. We were sick of hash browns, but we ate, and God provided for us. God will always provide for you. Always. You can afford to be generous because you have a generous God who will always give to you. Always. Always. God didn't create us to give to get. There is a principle to that, that when the generous person gives, they do receive because they are open now to receive what God has. God, there's total blessing for the one that is generous, but that's not the point. And some of our preaching has really done us a disservice in the church where we get up and we try to say, if you're going to give this, this, and this, then you're going to get, 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 get. But all that does is build up selfishness in my heart again, greed in my heart again, and shifts the whole thing away. It's not about the cash or the thing. It's about being connected with a loving God and our character growing to be just like him. For God so loved that he... The second thing that giving does to Jeremy Schwader and to Pat Curtin and to Max, to all of us, deals with a selfish heart. It deals with a grieving heart. I'll show this what makes sense. Verse 10, 15, 10, it says this. You shall surely, can you pop that up, Isley? You shall surely give to him, talking about the poor person. And your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all to which you will put your hand to. Have you ever given money and then regretted it? Give some money in the church offering. Give some money to somebody and then your water heater goes out and you're like, ooh. But God said, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. There's a guy in town, a guy named Ivan Montenegro. He has, they've planted like eight, ten churches in the last ten years. And they needed, to, there's a church up on Main Street. It used to be an old funeral home. It's now their church. They needed $300,000, and they had nothing, okay? They had no money. And he's like, well, I feel like we're supposed to get this building. He's stepping out in faith to go for it. Goes to a conference, and a church down there gives them like $100,000. He's like, well, okay, we're one-third of the way. And then get this. A bunch of Chinese businessmen in Shanghai heard about him needing $100,000 money for this. About 15 families got together and took out a loan on their own dime to pay for the $100,000 so Ivan could start a church in Linden, Washington. They are paying on the interest of that loan probably today, but they said, you know what? This is for the work of God. We're going to give. Can you imagine? What a blessed city. We're just like give all our money to some church in like Taiwan. Let's do it. Do not be grieved in your heart when you give. Hey, love, do you have any money on you? Can I have some money? Yeah, I need some money. Maybe like, you know, 200 bucks, 500 bucks, something like that. Yeah, I need a lot of money. I need a lot of money. You have lots of gift cards. I'll take gift cards too, gift cards, cash. You could write me a check too. Yeah, how much money we got here? I'll just take all of it. Okay, I'll just take all of the. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, we got some dollar bills. Okay. 
Um, how many know, I asked my wife for money, that her heart isn't grieved in giving me this money? Now, why is that? Well, one, we have a joint bank account. <laughs> Everything I have is hers. Everything, it's mine. You know, it's all, we all share all of it. And I, I think there's a principle in here, too, is that, that when we receive anything from God, we receive money from him, we do anything, we realize this, none of it is ours anyway. So when I tithe back to God, I give him 10% of my income. When I pour out and I give to God, it says in the word of God, it says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Newsflash, none of it's yours. <laughs> Everything you have all the strength that you have, all the finances you have, everything that you have, none of it was yours to begin with. I'm just a steward of what he gives me. And when I realize none of it's mine, it's all his, it's not so hard to give it away. Then it's just a matter of being a good steward and saying, hey, Papa God, you've given me these house, you've given me this family, you've given me these resources, Papa God, what do you want me to do with this today? And he says, give this, save that, be a good steward. Love on this person that you've never met. Give to your church, do da 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 all these things. He says it, and it gets easy to give because we realize it's all his, and he's going to take care of me. Amen? Amen? Selfishness stops me from giving. Grief makes me regret what I've given but I won't grieve if I know it's all his anyways. Third thing that giving does in me is it develops a generous heart. Here, love, I want to give you some money. I know it's, what a blessing for me to give you that today, you know. <laughs> <laughs> giving develops a generous heart. Deuteronomy 15, 14 says this. You shall supply to him, this is talking to the poor person, liberally from your flock from your threshing floor and from your wine press, from what the Lord your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. How should we give? Liberally, generously, abundantly, more than what we need. We're not saying, oh, you need 1437? Okay, let me count you out the pennies. No, we give generously. Why? Because we serve a generous God. And we don't have to fear lacking. I want to say this over Whatcom County. We got this weird, silly thing about poverty in our midst. Like we're not going to have enough. That we're going to lose out. But can we just be honest and say, look who we serve. God really does. God really is the best. Like God really will provide all of our needs. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about giving. And I think God is calling each one of us to be extravagant givers. It even says this in, in Luke 6, that verse we were talking about before, about pressed down, shaken together. Earlier in there, it talks about giving in verse 30, and it says this. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, don't demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do to them. Be an extravagant giver. Is anybody's heart like tightening up when I say that? Like, Ugh! or is, are you happy? Now, I guess the question is, what's, what's God's deal with giving? 
I mean, is it like, is, is God hurting for cash? Or like, are they running? Are they can't pay the light bill in heaven or something? Is, is God struggling to pay the bills? No. Does Bless the City Church need your money? Actually, no. No, actually, we just need to obey the Lord. He'll provide. The issue is not so much that God is like, I need this from you. No, he's trying to develop something in our hearts. One, to recognize all of our provisions from him. I'm a steward of what he's given me. And two, that, that God will always supply all of my needs. And so I can now be a conduit, not a dead sea. God can pour things through me because I am open and flexible in his hands. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. His what? Son. What? That's extravagant. That's way above the top. I mean, he could have just given Gabriel maybe, right? Or, or a couple angels. No, he gave his son, his beloved son. And who did he give his son to? His enemies. To people who cursed his name, who, who said, yeah, we're glad you're being crucified on a cross. This is where God gave. God gave, get this, God gave before he had received anything from any of us. God gave to enemies, and it became this down payment for what he saw. And look at the increase. Look at the God received in return for giving his son. A remnant of people of hearts coming alive in him. Lives and cities transformed for his presence because he said, I'm going to give. I heard a story from a preacher the other day. He was, he was talking about this whole giving stuff. And there's this story in the Bible about, you know the story about the widow with the two, uh, the two pennies that she gives in an offering? And is this woman, she gives, two, gives, and Jesus says, you know, this woman has given more than all of them because she gave out of all that she had. And this little girl sitting in the back, she's telling the story to her mom. She's like, mommy, I want to give to God. And so she's like, well, that's, that's great. So why don't, why don't you ask him what you should give? So the little girl, she's like four or five, she bows her head and she says, Jesus, what should I give? She's like this, and she's like, little Betty baby? No, not little baby. Oh, little, bit, little, little bunny. Okay, you can have little bunny. I don't like him that much anyway. And, and it was like this thing where she was like, felt like she was supposed to give her stuffed animal and yet she didn't want to give that. She wanted to give something else. And, and there was this place, like, I think God is after our hearts that he'll talk to us about the thing that we really want to hold on to. And that, that could be a money thing. That could be a relational thing. That could be a whatever. But God's like, hey, would you give this to me? And we gulp and go, oh. And God's like, don't you know that I'll supply all your needs? Don't you know that I'm for you? Don't you know that I have good things for you? Give it to me. Let me make you more into my character. Let me show you who I am. Giving makes us generous. And there's a point in all of us where we need to say with a simple heart, hey, Father God, what would you have me give? The last thing that giving does in us is that it develops a grateful heart. Deuteronomy 15, 15 says this, you shall remember that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you to do this thing today. What was God saying to those people? Remember where you came from. It's not hard to give when we remember what God saved us out of. 
when God saved us out of our perverse ways, when he saved us out of broken relationships, when he's healed our, us physically, when he's worked in our marriages and our families and he's doing all this stuff, it gets a lot easier to give. We can go, wow, God, thank you. For you shall remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. I remember being, um, I was engaged a previous time, and uh, only by the grace of God did God get me out of that. Not that that gal is a horrible person, but I, would, I remember during that season, I was so stressed out and so beside myself. I even had one night, I don't think I've ever, I don't know if this is going to make you look at me differently, but I'll say it anyway. I was so stressed out, I actually went, I was by myself so stressed out and I sat in the corner of my room and I just wept, feeling alone and conflicted and where's God and am I okay and feeling trapped in this relationship. I, I had other things where I was trapped in things with pornography and trapped in all sorts of stuff and I felt so like, dear God, am I ever going to be okay? And God has come through for me time and time again saying, I, you're my son, I love you, I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to forsake you. And when we remember who God is and what he's done, it's not hard to give because we recognize, wow, God, you gave your son. You've set me on the right path. How can I not give to you? God's happy to give. And I felt like giving this message this morning because I felt like the Lord wants to kind of mark our hearts as our church is called Bless the City to be those that would be happy givers, to see the women in the Wincos and the, the people on the streets and say, look what God did in me. I want to bless you. To bless them and to bless him and say, God, I give you my best. I want to give this practical thought today. I want to ask you this week to consider what has God given to you? And to ask God this question, God, what would you have me to give? To the church, yes, but also to those out there. Maybe God's calling you to buy groceries for somebody at Winco this week. Whatever it is, but the Lord is saying, I want you to be a people, not a dead sea, but like a sea of Galilee. Um, would, um, can one of you guys pop up on, just play like a pad or something? Remember that you were orphans. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. And I set you free. Can we just put our hands out in front of us? I just want to ask you this question. Is there anything that you're holding on to today? Anything that you're like, you know, I just, I've been clinging to this. And uh, God, we just want to right now give you our wallets. We want to give you our time. God, everything we have, everything we have is yours. Can we just say that? Everything we have is yours. So today, God, if you got a wallet, put it in your hand. God, we just right now, we give you all that we have, all the resource that we have. 
And God, we don't want to be a dead sea. We want to be a people teeming with life. God, we pray that we would have a generous heart, that you would take the selfishness, that we would be rid of selfishness and grief and seeing ourselves as our source and know that you will provide all that we need. This message was preached on October 30th, 2022. For more content, you can find us on Facebook or at blessthecitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.